You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker, your daily Broncos podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. It is Crossover Wednesday, and we will get to the crossover episode featuring Cody Work and the guys over at the Lockdown Chargers. Well, first, I want to make sure, make sure that you guys know that this is the daily bite-sized Broncos podcast, the Lockdown Broncos podcast. You guys can go find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, as well as the Google Play Store, and the TuneIn Radio app. You guys can go ahead and, and find that over on there. And please follow both Cody and I at Cody Work NFL and myself at Cameron Parker PO. And we have certainly a, a loaded show to talk to you guys a little bit about today. But first, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Dave. Three million people already use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees. That's why it's the number one budgeting app in the App Store. So go to Dave.com slash locked on and never pay Another overdraft fee again. We certainly have a, a lot to talk about as far as everything that unfolded and everything as far as a preview from the Lockdown Chargers with us over at the Lockdown Broncos. But first, it is now the Lockdown Broncos story of the day. And the story of the day is that the Denver Broncos made a move to put Bradley Chubb over on IR for the remainder of the season while also bringing in a few guys. They had actually brought in a few guys to work out as far as to bolster that pass rush. They signed Calvin Anderson and Jeremiah Atachu to bolster the pass rush as well as the tackle position. And I really do feel that the overall landscape and the overall signing of Anderson is a true depth piece. Now, the one thing we certainly have to understand is that Mike Munchak does know his offensive linemen. So there could be some very strong potential and liking that Munchak sees in Anderson that they could see a, a, a potential starter down the road. If, if need be that they, they cut ties with bulls later on down the road. But again, I, I want to certainly make a point known with the, the, the Bowles people out there. Garrett Bowles is still going to be your left tackle. That is not going to change. But this is just a simple depth addition to the roster. And the Broncos clearly valued something in Anderson out of the University of Texas. He is a rookie. He, he was formerly of the New York Jets. They had cut ties with him. And the Broncos decided, you know what, let's take a chance on him. He, he's about He's around 300 pounds. He's got a little bit of some some length to him, maybe a little bit of some athleticism as well. The one thing we certainly have to un, uh, understand is, as we all know, there are those scouts in the world, and some of those scouts felt like Anderson had a 50-50 chance of making an NFL roster. Well, we all can agree that he sort of surpassed those expectations. He made an NFL roster. But he just could not stick. And the Broncos, as we said earlier, valued it enough where they brought him in and signed him today in a slew of moves for uh, the Bradley Chubb going on to IR. And then another notable move is Jeremiah 
Atachu. Atachu has familiarity with the AFC West, in particular the Los Angeles Chargers, formerly known as the San Diego Chargers. And I think that Atachu and, and the decision to certainly bring him in really begs the question that maybe it's all about familiarity this week. The Broncos played the Chargers on Sunday, so maybe the Broncos are looking at this as, as a simple game plan move, but we all know that we certainly can't think that. But the, the Broncos, as we all know, really needed that, that pass rush depth with the loss of Bradley Chubb for the remainder of the season. And that's also another big story of the day, as we said earlier, headed to IR. Chubb season is done, and it's an unfortunate series of events, certainly for Chubb. He did say he's really happy about it, and we know that he is going to come back stronger and better than ever coming into next season. And I, I think that we certainly were starting to see the potential get there with Chubb last season. It really had not gotten there and started off probably the way that Chubb or even Von Miller, for that matter, had wanted. But I think for all intents and purposes, the Broncos are really in a really good spot to, to really look what's behind Bradley Chubb with the likings of a Justin Hollins and a potential of a Malik Reed. And then you add the addition of a Jeremiah Atachu as well. So the potential, I think, is really there for the Broncos to see a lot of that depth come to the fold. So Bradley Chubb headed to IR. And as we alluded to in the last episode, in the previous episode, this is going to allow them to see those guys like a Justin Hollins and a Malik Reed. And I, I think we, we saw a little bit of that in last Sunday's game where Malik Reed notified as the dream killer in preseason and and in training camp. Will we see more of, of Malik Reed and the potential of Malik Reed in the weeks to come? That will be certainly a sight uh, to behold, and Bronco fans will be on bated breath a little bit to certainly see that unfold. So I, I, I think for, for all intents and purposes, the Broncos really are excited to see the future of these guys but also they are bummed to hear about the news of Bradley Chubb, and that is that he is gone for the remainder of the 2019 regular season. I want to let you guys know that I had tried Blue Chew the other night, and I'll just say this, wow, my partner agreed. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the United States, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we got a special offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use a special promo code Locked on and just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on, and try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast, as well as my bookie. Now, at the end of the hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game winning touchdowns, two minute drives, clutch Hail Marys, running backs racing down the sidelines, and with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL. And there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.com and no one gives you more ways to win 
than they do. My bookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. And don't forget, when you are bet where you are betting is just as important as who you are betting on. And mybookie.com is the best in the business. It's where I, it's where uh, where you should play and where you should and where you should. Now, the, the, one of the things that I certainly value is that if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet on uh, bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. All your picks come through. You multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. So join now at MyBookie, and we will double, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. So use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. That's promo code Locked On. Visit MyBookie.com today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another crossover series here at the Locked On NFL Network. The AFC West has a tough matchup on the road as the Broncos get ready to travel to L.A. to take on Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. I'm joined by the Locked On Chargers hosts and co-hosts John Kegley and Daniel Wade. Fellas, thank you for joining me here on this beautiful day wherever you're at, crossover Wednesday. Very excited to break this matchup down with you guys. Yeah, Cody, it's good to be here, man. I wasn't here the last time we did the crossover with the Broncos, so I'm excited to sit down with you today and and go over this game because it's a huge game for both teams. It really is, and when you take a look at the offensive and defensive side of the ball, these teams are a little different in terms of maybe where they were at last season in comparison to this season. The Broncos, different quarterback, Joe Flacco, Phillip Rivers still doing the same old thing for the L.A. Chargers. Both teams have had some struggles. The Chargers have been up and down, obviously coming off a big win against the Miami Dolphins, having a couple of road losses there to the Detroit Lions. But really, we're going to analyze in this matchup right here. The Chargers have the ball on offense. Phillip Rivers is under center or in the shotgun, and Melvin Gordon's back, Austin Eckler. What can we expect from the L.A. Chargers offense against this Broncos defense? We have so many injuries that you're going to see a lot of new stuff. This week, you're probably going to see a lot of guys like Andre Patton and Jeremy Davis. They're going to be catching the ball compared to Mike Williams running intermediate routes. But you will definitely see Keenan Allen is quick off the off the line of scrimmage route running that gets him open a lot. They're going to see a lot of that. But Jeremy Davis and Andre Patton run routes differently than Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin do. So you're going to see a different offense than you have all year. But we're going to have a whole new set of tight ends, basically. We have... Lance Kendricks, who's been on the team for a couple weeks, and we just got a practice squad tight end signed to the roster because we've lost Hunter Henry already for a few weeks. John Colkin's out for the year. Virgil Green's probably going to miss this game as well. So you're going to see a bunch of third and fourth stringers really playing, but it's going to be a different offense than you've seen all year. And maybe you might see Melvin Gordon coming in, but the thing the Broncos are going to have to watch for is a lot of Austin Eckler running the ball and a lot of Austin Eckler catching the ball. That's going to be the heart and soul of the offense. And once that gets going, Keenan Allen gets open. Do you think that the Chargers in this matchup will try to get Melvin Gordon a little bit more involved, given the fact that he was on a limited basis last week, despite him returning to the field, essentially earlier than anybody had expected the rise of Austin Eckler and and the talent that they've had at the running back position. They really haven't missed him. And so adding him in is just another wrinkle there, but you know, is there any, what's going on between that? Because I saw that uh, Anthony Lynn had mentioned that Melvin Gordon will step into the primary role at running back. I don't know if I'm Austin Eckler. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I don't know how I would feel about that either. I mean, especially with just how productive he's been. And I mean, ranking very highly on just yards from scrimmage per game. He's top five in the NFL for running backs. It's hard to be more productive 
than that. And I think that's why when you talk about the importance of Melvin Gordon, it ta- it has a lot to do with what you're replacing him with. When it's Michael Davis that goes out, you replace him with Brandon Faison. So it's just a, a less gap between those two players that really has mitigated the difference. But Melvin Gordon does bring a style that neither of the two backs, Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler have this year. He's more of that power runner. He can break four tackles and, and break a 30 yard gain. They don't really have that necessarily in the backfield right now, but I would be extremely upset if I'm Austin Eckler, obviously in public, you can't say that, but with how productive he's been, I don't think that Melvin Gordon will ever get back to the lion's share of the work that he had before his holdout. I don't think he's going to get a 70% touch share with those other two running backs. I expect both of those players when Justin Jackson gets healthy again to maintain a very large role in this offense. And I, even though Anthony Lynn says that about Melvin Gordon, I still think these other guys will be very heavily involved. Well, I also want to shift things over now to the offensive line. You look at the Chargers all across the board. The Broncos defensively are going to be without a key player in Bradley Chubb, who tore his ACL. He is going to be out for the rest of the season. What can we expect from the Chargers O-line? And give us a little bit of a pulse on the offensive line and where they're at as a unit. Well, they're not really the greatest group. There's a lot of penalties and a lot of missed blocks that happen amongst those guys. Trent Scott and Sam Tevy being the tackles is probably the worst part of that whole offensive line, which matches up well for the Broncos. If they had Bradley Chubb to go with Von Miller, they would have had probably a nice little feast. But without Bradley Chubb, Von Miller might have his best game of the year so far. But the thing about that is Trent Scott and Sam Tevy have shown that sometimes they turn it on out of nowhere Last, last year, Trent Scott started one game against the Raiders and did okay. Sam Tevy has had a couple of games where he's looked okay. So could this be the game where they finally step up? It It's hard to say. They, they're so inconsistent, but most of the time they're really bad in hold. Dan Feeney's gotten a lot of holding calls. He's had one elite grade game this year. And other than that, he's been holding, getting holding penalties, missing blocks. Mike Pouncey's basically your star offensive lineman. He's not even elite. He's just pretty good. And even he's had some struggles this year. And then Michael Schofield, I don't think he belongs at right guard, but he's doing better than Feeney is. It's a, it's a, just a giant mess on the offensive line. The Broncos should have a fun day rushing the QB in this game. But if you don't have the support in the backfield from your linebackers and cornerbacks, then that pass rush means nothing with Phillip Rivers being really good under pressure. Well, I think the Chargers, if I had to estimate from a defensive-minded coach's perspective, I know that Phillip Rivers is going to try to get the ball out of his hands very quickly. If you allow him extra time in the pocket, he's going to find the open guy, especially when the Chargers, they'll go trips to one side and they'll run number two up the middle and they'll cut number one over across the field on a slant or a drag route. These crossing and these pick routes, that's their bread and butter. And Phillip Rivers, I mean, he, he diagnoses it against man coverage, against zone coverage. He identifies where to go. So the Broncos have to be really really discreet in what they do defensively. They can't be out of position. And and obviously, you got to factor in the health of Kareem Jackson. Hopefully, he can play in this matchup. As of right now, he's questionable with a hamstring issue. You lose Bradley Chubb for the whole year. Look for Malik Reed and Jeremiah Tachu to also be there. The Broncos just signed him yesterday to a deal. I played for the New York Jets last year. 
Uh, look for them to get things you know involved a little bit more. Look for some more disguise coverages and, and blitzes. And look for, hopefully, Josie Jewell, if he can come back and be healthy without dealing with that hamstring issue himself, then the, I think the Broncos have a good chance to kind of counteract. But they can't find themselves in situations where they're going cover zero and they're trying to cover Austin Eckler or even Melvin Gordon out of the backfield because last year it didn't work out well for them. And they got to disguise things. There were times where they disguised things in the Week 17 matchup and their coverages and their blitzes. They were able to get pressure on Philip Rivers, throw uh, for some incompletions, and obviously throw an interception for Philip Rivers to Isaac Yadam. So I think the Broncos got to take a little bit of the same game plan a little bit. I think they're more talented this year on defense than they were last year. They got a lot of key guys back in that match. But the biggest test is Philip Rivers. He's a smart guy. He's going to check out of things. Him and Von Miller, Chris Harris Jr., they always have great battles. They love going against each other. So when the Broncos' defense is on the field against the Chargers' offense, these guys are going to have a very, very fun dynamic relationship. Tony Romo, obviously Jim Nance is going to be on the booth call in the game. It's going to be fun to watch and listen to those guys break things down, but we're going to get into our next segment here in just a moment where we talk about the Broncos offense when they have the ball against the Chargers defense, what to expect. Melvin Ingram, one of those guys, he went down with an injury, his status up in the air, potentially out for this matchup. We're going to break that down a little bit more coming up in just a moment, but I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's Lockdown Broncos crossover show with the Lockdown Chargers, and that's our good friends over there at johnwayne.org, and they want to ask you if whether or not you're tough enough to hit the trails and help in the fight against cancer. We know that you are, and that's why we want you to show us your true grit by participating in the John Wayne Grit Series. This fun 10K run and walk is coming up in October 12th in Ridgeway, Colorado, and there's something for everybody on this course suited to all fitness levels. You'll run or walk through the ranches and country where one of the Duke's most famous movies, True Grit, was filmed. And you'll be helping those fighting cancer because every step that you take will benefit the John Wayne Cancer Foundation funding cancer research, and programs that save lives. So visit johnwayne.org today for more information and to sign up. You can go solo or as a team to join us in this epic run or walk in to reserve your exclusive free race swag. Enter discount code BRONCOS10 to get $10 off. You won't want to miss this. johnwayne.org, October 12th in Ridgeway, Colorado. All right, the Broncos are on offense. Joe Flacco has the ball under center. You've got Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay in the backfield. You have Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders split out wide. The Broncos offense, they've 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 been a much better unit, guys. If I'm if I'm gonna be frankly honest here, they've been a better unit than what they've been in the last couple of years. Joe Flacco is, I believe, ranked eighth right now in the National Football League in terms of QBR. He's looked decent. There's been times where the Broncos offensive line has struggled with holding penalties, but that hasn't been an issue for the last two weeks. The Broncos' biggest issue is that they got absolutely throttled on defense last week by Jacksonville. The offense only had two possessions in the third quarter, and then the one possession they had in the fourth quarter, Joe Flacco let a go-ahead drive, which if the Broncos held on, the Broncos would have won. But unfortunately, the defense couldn't hold up, and so goes history. They lose on a last-second field goal. So what can we expect from this Chargers defense that's very aggressive? They love to send pressure at the quarterback. They love to lock up in their secondary. And also, you got to wonder the question of Melvin Ingram. What's the status on him from you guys that you can give all of us over here in Broncos country? So the status on Melvin Ingram right now is that his hamstring injury is likely to cost him a few weeks. So a very small chance, probably non-existent chance that he plays this week against the Broncos. So definitely good news for the Broncos and a very bad news for the Chargers pass rush, who did figure some things out last week with pressure. They actually weren't bringing very much pressure before the second half of the last game. But those slot blitzes off the edge with Desmond King, who as a slot corner had 
two and a half sacks last week. You have to think that that's going to be in the game plan. But the Chargers pass rush before last game was abysmal. I mean, with the two guys they have out there and Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, it was very subpar. Both of those guys have struggled to get pressure this year, and the Chargers have struggled to get pressure with only four down linemen. So Uchenin Wosu is going to pick up some of that slack. Isaac Rochelle, a former seventh-round pick, is going to pick up some of that slack. But neither one of those guys can realistically fill in for what Melvin Ingram was able to do, not only getting after the passer, but just being an all-around good player and a pretty versatile guy that can get up and down the line pretty quickly. So the Chargers are definitely going to miss Melvin Ingram this week, who would have been who would have had a pretty nice matchup against Garrett Bowles in this game. So for the Broncos, too, they really got to counteract that because even if you're missing Melvin Ingram, you still have Joey Bosa, who's very dynamic. Now, the question I have for you guys is what has it been like for the Chargers defense without Derwin James, who, in my opinion, last year watching him, I felt like he was a defensive player of the year candidate. He should have been a guy that, you know, I, I had him as an early dark horse defensive player of the year candidate this year until obviously he had that uh, major injury that's going to sideline him for several more weeks throughout the regular season. Who's been stepping up for him at the defensive backfield at his strong safety position, the hybrid player, and also what can we expect from them against the Broncos? Well, you can't really say anybody's really stepped up in that role because everyone that steps up gets hurt. We've had Adrian Phillips, who was supposed to be the dime linebacker type of player, now play take over Derwin James' spot, and then he breaks his forearm, so now – He's on injured reserve, so now you got to deal with Rayshon Jenkins, Azir Adderley, and Roderick Teamer all rotating around in that safety, those safety spots. And we, we want to see more of Azir Adderley. I'm sure Wade will agree with me on this. We want to see more of Azir Adderley and see what he can do at the free safety position and see who can just step up in strong safety between maybe Teamer, Jenkins, or even somebody else if you want to exercise some other people. I mean, I hear we're exercising Derek Watt at tight end. He's our fullback, so who knows what we could do at safety with Anthony Lynn at head, as head coach. But nobody's really filled in that role. Without Derwin James, the running game has been suffering a lot. He usually was able to come up from that safety spot and stop the run. Interceptions aren't there. The safety blitz sacks just aren't happening like they did. There's a lot of stuff missing on this defense. For those that thought Derwin James was really good but never really knew, if you've been watching the Charger games, you can just tell that the excitement isn't there. The All the big plays aren't there. Just the guys running around having fun just isn't there. It's like they're missing their leader on defense. One more question I want to ask you guys here, too. You know, I think there's going to end up being a battle between the trenches. I think it's really between two running attacks. We know that Phillip Rivers can be deadly in the passing game as well. I think the Broncos are going to try to run the ball in this game effectively. They're going to try to control the clock, control the tempo, and obviously in passing situations, hopefully Joe Flacco can find the open man. But really, you take a look at the interior pass rush for the Chargers. We look at the interior of the Broncos' offensive line. you got – Obviously, Connor McGovern at center. You've got Ron Leary at right guard, and you've got rookie Dalton Reisner at left guard. These guys have been the most impressive standouts for the Broncos O-line so far this year. And you're also going to be dealing with Garrett Bowles at left tackle, which we've talked about. There's a dilemma with him in terms of holding and obviously technique. He's done good the last couple of weeks, so that's a better improvement for him. But I want to take a look at the defensive line here for the L.A. Chargers against this interior of the Broncos O-line and Jerry Tillery, one of their draft picks. What can you guys say about him in this matchup? Because in my opinion, on film, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking that he might be a guy that could cause some trouble. 
Well, you saw last week he had a little bit better of a game, but that's not saying very much for Jerry Tillery. I think last week in 18 pass rush attempts, he had one pressure and ended up with half of a sack. That was the only production that he's had this year. The interior defensive line for the Chargers was supposed to be much better this year, stopping the run with Justin Jones, a former fifth round a former third round pick helping out and, and really having an off season transformation. And that really hasn't taken effect on the field. Brandon Meebane has been okay. And it's basically the status quo for him, but that's nothing flashy in the chargers interior pass rush has been totally non-existent this year. They have one and a half sacks between all of them. That's not going to get it done. I think that is a definite strength for the Broncos in this game. And I think even though the Broncos have been a pretty average running team so far this season, I think physically they could have a very big game just running straight behind the center, just with the lack of push the Chargers have been able to get with those defensive tackles and the lack of the linebackers being athletic and fast enough to fill those holes before the running backs already you know six seven eight yards down the field they've given up a lot of gash plays in the running game so far this season so I liked Jerry Tillery a lot out of college and I think it's still too soon to tell but the production from him has been pretty subpar so far this season and I just don't know at this point if you can really count on that week in and week out between these two teams, obviously, they're looking for some momentum. The Chargers coming off a win. The Broncos coming off a loss and an 0-4 start sitting at the bottom of the AFC West. The Broncos on the road this weekend at L.A. to take on Phillip Rivers and the veteran experience that he has there. Keenan Allen obviously going to be a big feature. A guy who is, you know, in my opinion, the, the best wide receiver in the National Football League. His ability to get open, his route running, his step off the line. This is going to be a tough challenge. And Chris Harris Jr., I think, is going to follow him around everywhere he goes. So it's something we can see in this matchup of Broncos fans, Chargers fans, you guys can catch all the action. Also catch the recap on Lockdown Broncos and Lockdown Chargers. John, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us here for this crossover show. Looking forward to this Sunday's matchup. Can't wait to obviously see the outcome of it. Hopefully the Broncos can get their first win and uh, you know, hopefully they can limit Phillip Rivers a little bit. All right, Cody, it was great having you for this first of two crossover shows this season. And both teams really need a win this week. And I can't wait to see how it plays out on Sunday.